Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Scott Corelli on all the social media stuff. And I'm from Back to the Future Minute and DuelingGenre.com. Cool. And today on Man of Steel, we're covering minute number 33 of Man of Steel. It starts with Jonathan uh, persuading Clark to discover the reason he was sent to Earth. And then it ends with us back in present time with 33-year-old Clark. Hey, it's a 33-minute. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, asking a drunken trucker to leave because he's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think that's his first uh, speaking line that we hear as this older uh, modern day Clark. You're right. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's I think it's the first time he actually has dialogue. Hmm. Hmm. So maybe it's going to be with something with 33 and him being there. I don't know. We can connect dots Holy. later on. Yeah. <laughs> I see, and they might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can only say his first line 33 minutes within the film. I kind of like that thought. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, uh, Jonathan Kent says to Clark, he says, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to find out his reason that he was sent to earth, whether it takes you your entire life to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be true in a sense that not even in Batman v Superman did he really kind of, find himself as a person in a sense right right like it could take until the end of justice league to be like well that's that's always been the arc right like when they announced this movie snyder said he has a trilogy of superman a trilogy of superman stories in his mind about the arc of clark going from just like a guy with superpowers to superman Mm-hmm. Like, I remember him saying that. And then for whatever reason, when people were complaining about this movie and then about Batman v Superman, specifically complaining about the depiction of Superman, he never brought that up again, which I think is weird because it's like that's your go. That should be your go to defense and be like, the story's not over. Chill. Like, wait. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like coming. That, that's my go to response <laughs> yeah. to whenever I have to talk about Superman in these films, like even Batman v Superman. And like people are like mm-hmm. whenever people bring up like their problem with Superman in these films, it's like, well, you have to realize he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the same thing kind of goes for Batman where you have to go, well, he was there and he lost his and he's way. He's so far past. Yeah. It. yeah. And, and, uh-huh. and the, so, I mean, I don't know why Zach doesn't kind of reiterate that. in whenever he's talking about his films, but it, you know, I, I I totally see. I see him finding out finding out about his powers in this film, and in the next film, he's trying to suppress them still, and he uh, he still has he's still very novice. And then it's not until Justice League, where not even the world's greatest heroes can, you know, save the planet, that he himself has to find himself, and then he's the one. And then he, you know, he 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 kind of the, uh, theoretically, of course, because we don't know anything about Justice League. True, true. true yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel like it's not until Justice League that he's going to 
fulfill his destiny, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think he's going to become the Superman that we know until the end of Justice League. Yeah. That's always what I have assumed. Yeah. Even if it's like uh, the last scene or anything like that, that's what I'm yeah. I'm on that boat. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, the whole thing is like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel for this Clark. Like, he, he just wants to do the right thing, and he doesn't know how. Yeah. And he just, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to handle this stuff. I mean, the destruction of Metropolis at the end of this movie, like, he just, he thought he was doing the right thing, and he just got a little overzealous. I mean, a lot overzealous. But, I mean, he, he really messed up Metropolis bad, and that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. But then when you compare the ending of this movie to the ending of Batman v Superman, it's Clark finally being like, I can save the day and I cannot I don't have to hurt anyone but myself. Yeah, um... that's a that's that's a really good character arc of like, but he's still making a mistake because he's still not Superman because he still has to die to do it. Well, you know, I think. If I can retract my statement a little bit, I think him sacrificing his life to kill Doomsday, I think that was probably him finding himself. But yeah. it's not until that he gets reborn that he can keep being Superman. But I, I think that was like right. him finally finding what he needs to do to be this world's you know, protector. Yeah, um, I think by finding himself, I, I mean, I, I, I took what you meant. It's like Superman iconography. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. not the iconic Superman until the end of Justice League. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's that's what my theory has always been. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that by the time we get a Man of Steel sequel, it'll be a a very it'll be a Superman movie. Yeah, like like the Man of Steel sequel could just be called Superman. Which, but, by the way, we've never had a movie called Superman before, because the only other one that comes close is Superman the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um. Or Superman I'd two. Be, I'd be okay. Well, I, right. I'd be okay if it was called like the Man of Steel, something again with this with some sort of sequel. No, no, it's got to be it's got to be Superman. This is called Man of Steel specifically because he's uh, just a Man of Steel. He's not Superman. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You don't think they would just have Man of Steel two? No, or like Man of Steel lives or something. Because he's no. saying, yeah, because he's not Superman in this film. Right. But he's. And then in Batman v Superman, we call him Superman, but is he really Superman yet? Right. And then Superman sequel, he is our Superman. Superman. Right. That's, yeah, that's how I always thought, that's how I always seemed like the arc of these, the trajectory of these movies was aiming toward. To me. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I agree. And I will, and I hope that's what happens. Yeah. And I love the idea of the Justice League forming as a checks and balances sort of thing. Um, I think that's a really good idea, especially for like the DC universe where everyone points at them. Like the go-to thing about the DC universe is like, they're all overpowered gods, like who can relate to them? And I like the idea that Batman is just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, everybody needs to... We need to make sure that we're all looking over everybody's shoulder and making sure that we're all making right choices and being good people. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I like that as a concept to form the Justice League. Yeah, um, and, I, and I like that he kind of gets that desire to be like that by witnessing Superman mm-hmm. sacrifice his life and, yeah. and yeah. he, you know, 
fighting to save his mother and all that. So I, right. th- I think that, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I like, yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. It humanizes a, a being that Bruce probably thought could not be humanized. Because what you're right. seeing is you're seeing the influence that Superman can have on someone, mm-hmm. which is important. Yeah. More important than any superpower that he has is that influence to make mm-hmm. people want to be a better person. And it seems it seems like that sh- should be what Jonathan should have been teaching him this entire time instead of just saying, hey, use your powers for good as much as you can and, and try to try to save the world as much as you can. But don't be late for dinner with Lois kind of deal. You know what I mean? It's like he needs to he should have driven home the fact that Clark could have been like you said, like he could have been the answer to people's prayers where instead of just um, praying that, oh, let me survive this natural disaster, let me try to be like this amazing being, even though I can't. Well, isn't, isn't that what Jor-El does? I don't know. What is the line? In time, they will join you in the sun. That kind of... Well, he, you know, he's like, look at Lois. You can save her. You can save all of them. Yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like Jor-El is that, that one. Mm-hmm. Again, like Jonathan Kent is just, you know, he's a scared parent. He loves his son. I don't right. care if you're from another planet. You're my son. I I I know you're destined for greater things more than I could ever teach you. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to be careful and I want you to do the right thing. Um and you have to find out why you were sent here and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's tough. That it is, that it is. Um, so, is this a truck stop or a pub? What is this? This is, <laughs> this is the Cassidy Pub and Restaurant. It's a, it's in Ellesmere Island, and it's a... It's just a house it's that like they a, turn into a restaurant. But it's like a, it's like a famous truck stop. Yeah. It's like a prominent, like, okay, once you reach Ellesmere Island, like, you'll know you got there because there's the Cassidy Pub and Restaurant that all truckers stop at. I'm pretty sure it's like the only one in like 60 miles. So it's, you know, they all have to stop here. Um, Is it a good idea to sell alcohol at a truck stop? (laughs) um, Probably not. You know, it sells (laughs) like, you know, it would be selling, you know, it sells and you would just hope that they drink responsibly. But you know what? Truckers do a lot of things. I don't think this guy drinks responsibly. I'm just going to throw that out here. Oh, the guy that we see, Ludlow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, obviously not. I feel like we're uh, the... Obviously, he got that ear piercing, and he was not drinking responsibly when he got that <laughs> When he got that ear piercing. Yeah. Um, well, when you're, you know, when you are on kind of like foreign land as a trucker, and you're up in British Columbia in an island, I guess, you know, they kind of feel like the pirate's life, you know? They're just... There's no rules. They can do whatever. Yeah. I, so it appears to be open mic night at the pub. And I really, I think they do a really good job of making this realistic because in any other movie, like in most movies, this would be either, they would be obnoxiously good where you're just like, this is obviously a professional musician, This is like, this looks like a music video. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or they would be obnoxiously bad for comedy's sake. 
but she is neither great or particularly bad. She's just so, so, which is like any open mic night I've ever been to. It would have been like, uh, the karaoke night in rush hour two. <laughs> Michael <laughs> yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. that's um, good. Good reference. <laughs> this is the, yeah, this is the second kind of, uh, like licensed song or something. Oh yeah. From like, uh, earlier we did the Chris Cornell song was in, a, a, another minute. This is Alison Crow doing, uh, ring of fire, which is not related to the Johnny cash song. Um, is this actually her? I don't know if it's her. Okay. It sounds, uh, yeah, I listened to it too. And I was like, if that's her, I don't know. How, I'm not digging it. Um, and it doesn't sound like the ring of fire that I know, but yeah. Um, no, I like that you said that. It is, it, it's believable. Yeah. It's yeah. Neither, Nobody's paying attention to her. Like she's it's like, exactly. Yeah. Whenever you go to a restaurant on a Friday night and they got the acoustic guys playing mm-hmm. at a like, restaurant. Oh, come on. It's All like right. really easy to ignore. Yeah. And, it's just happening in the background, and yeah. They all play the same, like, 10 cover songs that every acoustic guitar person learns. Yeah, it's like almost right. they should have had just, like, time of your life. Like, she should have just been, like, sitting there doing <laughs> it. Here's like, Wonderwall again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's Alison Crow, and uh, yeah, I think, yeah, if they had made it, like, super, um, like, if you said if it was, like, perfect... It would have seen it would have uh, seemed unbelievable. It would have been way too like. Now, how did they find this really good singer? Out, you know, in this bar in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right. Um, but no, it's cool. Uh, let's see. So here, this is where we see Clark Kent starting to learn about this alien ship that he's already been headed to. So. But this is the first time we hear it as an audience. Yeah. And this was my problem when I first saw the film was when I first watched this film, I had no idea why he's traveling, why he's on the fishing boat. And yeah, is he making his way up north? We don't know that. You don't you don't know that. And even here, you just hear about the alien ship. And if you're really not paying attention to those guys whispering, you don't even know that they're talking about an alien ship. You don't even know where they're mm-hmm. at unless you look at the you know Canadian patch on their uniform yeah. and everything like that. Or mm-hmm. what is it? I think the sign behind the bar says something about a beer being brewed in Nova Scotia, some crap like that. That you, you have me, no man. idea where yeah. like, you are and, and why he's here. He's just, okay, this is just some guy that he needed to do odd jobs. Yeah. I, it, when I first saw the film, I, I no idea what was going on. Um, and I didn't really understand it until I started doing this podcast that I realized that he was making his way up north to the scout ship. I always just thought he was just picking up jobs here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I always assumed while I was watching it. Because, you know, you always hear about and you read comics about like Superman's origin and how after he leaves Smallville, there's like 10 years before he shows up in Metropolis mm-hmm. and has his first appearance as Superman, where he's just sort of like, you know, chilling out, traveling, meeting people around the world and, you know, figuring out how to do this thing that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, even in later comics, like uh, his, his, I guess, origin or, or finding, trying to find himself isn't even apparent. Uh, 
there's there's a lot of retellings where he's just like he he leaves Kansas and he goes and excels at literally everything that he can excel at and then all of a sudden he's like I'm gonna be a newspaper reporter and it's kind of mm-hmm. like okay so you don't have to to have this journey of finding yourself you were just being the best at, at everything that you could be and then you just settle for having your ear to the ground at this newspaper right. That's why uh, Birthright has always been my favorite mm-hmm. Superman origin story, because um, it it really explores like every facet of his origin. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really really good. That's yeah, no, I agree. Mark Wade book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So again, if you're not paying attention, you you whatever exposition that they have for you about what's going on in in the present time. Just you can easily miss it in this bit. Um, it almost makes you like have to go back and watch it. Which yeah, is, is that a tactic that filmmakers do where they like kind of have to have replay value for these movies? That like, oh well, if you miss this, maybe you should go back to this scene and listen to what they're actually talking about through not, the whole Ring of for, Fire karaoke. Not for this thing. Um, I I could see it for the Krypton opening bit. Yeah, but see, like, this part specifically, it's like, if you weren't paying attention to what everybody was talking about in the bar, you just see this moment as a bar fight and as a, a cool thing that Superman does to some some drunk, disorderly guy, where it kind of just shows him off as being a good person versus him listening and, and gaining this knowledge and, and him actually finding somewhere to go after all of this like he, he has direction now before did he have direction did he know that there was a ship over on Ellesmere Island did he know was he making his way up there purposely and he just had to to stop off here you know is this a way that he's using his uh super hearing that he he heard other things happen that are happening in Canada we don't know yeah it's a it's a fine line between uh not spoon feeding your audience and giving them like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I feel like Christopher Nolan is a, is a, is a kind of director who wants you to pay attention to his movie. And so he doesn't like spoon feeding his audience stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously this movie is trying to imitate that style, but I don't think that based on Snyder's other films, his previous films, he is not that kind of director. And so it's like he's aping that I'm not going to spoon feed them information style without executing it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there are, there are, um, like Watchmen is a film that kind of requires you to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Because then you want to learn the whole Ozzie Mandius plot that yeah. he had. From the beginning. Which, honestly, if <laughs> if you're just watching that movie, it's really hard to see Ozymandias' like, uh, his plot through all of it. It's, it's extremely hard without having the preconceived notion of what was happening in the book. Um, the book explains it amazingly, and then the movie just kind of, like, gives you, like, a couple minutes of just, like... Oh, yeah, well, he was destroying the world so that they could become a better world together. And it's like, well, what? He was creating peace through conflict. Yeah, and it's, it's that's, yeah. oh, man, if you want to get into that. that. They did a really 
complicated job at, at putting that in. But well, like, I think the book was already complicated. Uh, you thought? I, I picked up I'm that per, book and, and was per, very, I mean, that was well, just, it's just me, but hey. Well, you I'm know. just saying the, that the book is complex and so is the film. But the film, yeah. it took me like three times to watch it and two times I watched it before that I, I just didn't care. And then by the third time I was like, wait, is this actually a good film? Yeah. <laughs> is there yeah. something actually going on yeah. here? I remember being very like um, so blah after seeing it in the theaters. You know I what? Like, I gotta be honest, uh, same thing with Man of Steel. Yeah. It's, it, well, it, again, when I first saw it in theaters and then I bought it on DVD because I like Superman. <laughs> and, um, and, and now I'm really like all about this movie. But it, it's taken me sometimes to, to see it. Yeah. I and, agree. and I hope, I kind of hope that some people do the same with like Batman v Superman and Man of Steel where they like kind of do a little bit more analyzing and kind of rewatching it and giving things a second chance so yeah. that they can see some of these, some of these, uh, parts to it. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the biggest downfall to, to that whole, to, to one of the, this franchise, uh, but mainly to, to, to Dawn of Justice is that the marketing just crashed it. it I mean, it just ran it into the ground of these are these two iconic DC characters that are fighting when that is not what that movie is about in the least bit. And it's just like, I'm glad that we didn't see that happen with this movie. I'm glad that it wasn't like a uh, super, like it wasn't portrayed as like a Superman movie. Yeah. It wasn't portrayed as like this, this big origin that you needed to see. It was portrayed as, as a, as a, as kind of like a, like a character development movie. And um, yeah, it's just, they I, went completely in the opposite direction with the with the with the yeah. With Batman the v Superman was was very heavy on the fight that they would have had for like three minutes. Yeah, where like Donna Justice was the real part of the film. Batman exactly. v Superman was just a throw into the title. Mm-hmm. Just to have toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I, I I do think that there are parts of Man of Steel that are rewatchable on purpose, but this part. Um, should have been like i got it like as an audience you sit down and you watch the film they explain this alien scout ship in british columbia and you go all right he's got to go up there he's trying to find what out if, what if what if clark when he hears that he drops everything and is going to leave and then sees her being harassed and then comes and stops the guy yeah again a better way <laughs> out yeah Right, because because then you're like, oh, he heard them, and now he's doing that, so we know that he's gonna go wherever the, the anonymous anonymous object that <laughs> <Yeah>. he said, <laughs> um, you know, that he's gonna go to that, and he, but he was stopped because this this you know this jerk off is harassing this poor woman, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know deep down he's Superman, and so he's got to step in and be yeah. like, um, excuse me, sir. Yeah, and even so, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that would have worked, I think, more because then you would have known that, like, oh, okay, like he's yeah, giving yeah. him direction. He's, like even right, though right. he's got an objective, like he needs to stop and be Superman because that's who he is as a person. And I don't even know if you want right. to like say if it's if it's a Superman characteristic, but it kind of seems more of like a um just like a good person Jonathan Kent teaching kind of characteristic where I think yeah, we well, see it later Kent on in the movie where yeah. like he's being bullied. And he doesn't necessarily stand up to the bully by hitting him back, but he kind of stands his ground, I guess, if you want to say, where he just, where he well, just kind of brushes it to the side. It's kind of like he just needed to be 
a good person and a good person yeah. would stand up for the little man. Well, it's it's very Superman that he he goes, "Hey, I'm going to have to ask you to leave." If it was Batman, yeah. he would have just like punched that guy in the teeth like mid-sentence. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that guy wouldn't right. even had a hand on that woman. Like This is arguably the most Christopher Reeve that Henry Cavill ever is in these movies. Chris Ayer said that about the bus scene, lifting the the school bus full of children, was yeah. See, and I I think that the most Christopher Reeves that Henry Cavill could have done was him standing up underneath the world engine and just having that scene of him raising you know the lens flare giant with the one fist in the air. That's super Christopher Reeves in my opinion. Like that is mm. epitome right there. To me, the epitome of the Christopher Reeves is when he snaps General Zod's neck. <laughs> <laughs> perfect um but no um oh so let me a little information about the waitress and the drunk trucker oh yeah uh chrissy is the name of the waitress she's played by carmen levine and she was in the film watchmen and ludlow um is played by ian tracy and he was in the movie sucker punch so they're both uh kind of returning Zack snyder people that's good so, a little information about that. Yeah, he's got a stupid name, too. So, he's like mm. got the name of like a Bowser boss. Like Ludlow? one of his Ludlow. It's like a <laughs> children of Bowser. Is that, is, that a, is that a character? Is that a DC character? No. I, he becomes one, but like it's because of the because of what happens in this movie. Um, I don't think it was anybody specific. I couldn't find anything specifically, nor to my memory do I remember a drunk, disorderly trucker being involved with Superman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing there are some Ludlows that are uh, part of DC, but I don't see one that like matches this at all. Um, I feel like the name just what? sets you up to be a bad person. Like, yeah. oh, what are you going to call this guy? Ludlow. Yeah. Well, I remember the commentary saying, like, of course, they do it with all these, you know, they say it with <laughs> Every time a bully is in a movie, they're always like, oh, my God, he was the sweetest person off set. Like, he was just the nicest guy. <laughs> Why get that guy to play a bully then? If you want a real bully, get an asshole Matthew, so he can be an asshole. Like Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. <laughs> like, get that guy. But, like, again, like, I think I have something in this notes. This guy kind of is a, a bad bully uh, it almost seems like nothing sets him off. Like, just the guy saying, hey, don't touch this girl's butt, and he's immediately enraged. Like, don't! Don't even! What well, do you mean? he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he's drunk. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I get the I, whole I just, drunk. Yeah. I just I just blamed it on him being drunk. I, I just... I, I will say the gall... Like, the balls on this guy. Like, that he stands up, and, I mean, Clark is, like, twice his size. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to bully this guy. And I just, I, like, if I was Clark, I just look at him like, are you kidding me? Like, really? I think that's Sit how down. he looks at him. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, dude, you don't even if know I, what I could do to you right now. I could rip your yeah, tongue I mean, out and my, put it in your eye socket. My, my thing is, like, he doesn't have to hit this guy. Like, all he would have to do as soon as he stood up, he could have just grabbed, put his hand on his shoulder and pushed him back down toward the chair and be like, no. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know Break the and just like imagine the here. look on that guy yeah also everyone in this place is a jerk everyone in this place 
It's true. Like, no, everybody's just going along with this guy, just like harassing this waitress. Like, do they, is that a normal stop for them? Do they know her by name? Does this girl constantly get harassed by these truckers? We don't know. But it kind of seems like that. And it seems like everybody's just going with it. What? Even the bartender just kind of like looks and is just like, uh oh, conflict. It's just another Friday night. Well, th- then that brings up the question like, does Clark Kent see this shit often? And then in that case, does he always put a stop to it? Well, or, sup- I mean, in or, my opinion, Superman always stands up for the little guy. I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. like this is his first day on the job. He's just doing like one of those pickup jobs that you do when you travel. I think I read somewhere where it was like his a few days into, yeah, into this. Yeah, he's just like, hey, I'm just yeah. in the area. I just got a, you know, I'll, a bar back for a bit. And this is the first instance that he sees. But, you know, here at the pub, it's like it's a normal occurrence, like this kind of behavior. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe she, and I'm I'm assuming the waitress deals with that shit too. Like, like she's always gotta come to work with like a taser and <laughs> like pepper spray because you know it's you're dealing with the worst kind of people in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> people that are that are getting drunk and then going to drive their route. <laughs> That's no, it, with. yeah. It's, I mean, it's getting it's, behind the wheel. Yeah, it's more realistic than than it seems. Oh, that must be an awful place to work, man. It's mm-hmm. true. It's stuff like that happens. And people just deal with it because they become so hardened by that environment. I feel like truckers would kind of like they they know that everybody that they're all in, in, in it in the same kind of kind of boat. Whereas like I feel like if one trucker was getting drunk, another trucker would step in and be like, hey, I'm cutting you off because you still need to finish your route or, hey, I'm taking your keys and I'm leaving them at the bar and you need to go sleep this off. But everybody mm-hmm. just seems to just go with it. Like, yeah, we're partying, we're drunk, and then we got to go drive again. It's like trucker's code. Yeah, something. it seems like there should be a little mm-hmm. bit more uh, discipline, I guess, going around. Maybe he's already yeah. in it for the night. Maybe he's like, well, here's why I'm staying tonight so I can get as shit face as possible. Yeah, maybe. Well, but the end of the of of the scene, I mean, we're we're I'm I'm cutting into tomorrow's minute, but like he's obviously like gonna leave and yeah, drive away. Sure. <laughs> he's gotta so. get those logs to where they're going. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's very early in the morning, so it's still dark out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> in which case why who wakes up that early when you've been drinking that much? I don't know. Maybe he's just used to it. I don't know. I'm not a trucker. Yeah, don't plan to be. Um, but there's some cool stuff that happens in the next minute, but that's all I got for this one. What about you guys? Yeah. That's all I got. I think that's all I got. There was just some no- – I think I had a note on the Canadian uh, military guys. Their, their accents are just like – yeah. And, like, honestly, if people weren't, like, paying attention to that they're Canadian, it kind of – if you had to rewatch it, it would be like – Oh yeah, I guess they are Canadian. I didn't. I didn't notice. No, you didn't, I didn't notice, notice it. Oh man, you again. Gotta... See, like here I am analyzing it minute by minute. And I don't even notice anything. <laughs> so it's like, how does anyone notice that? I should have looked if like that was actual like uh, standard issue Canadian military garb that they're in, or if it was just someone that was like, oh yeah, just go down to Al's Army Navy and get you know the digital camo and just slap a Canadian <laughs> patch on. <laughs> go to that airsoft store and buy, yeah. <laughs> buy whatever you can find. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like those those few guys that were in there that were they did a they did a pretty good job again with you know plot exposition given given everything direction for it. 
Great job. Great job. <laughs> um, alrighty. Well, then we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. And don't forget to check out Scott's podcast, Back to the Future Minute, and Spider-Man Minute. And we'll catch you guys yeah. on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.